online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound. Welcome to Mimi Meets, and you're listening to Mimi Harker on Wickham Sound. And as with every week, I like to bring you some very special guests, people I've met in my life, people I've come across who I think are absolutely extraordinary and who've got something amazing to talk about and to offer. And the gentleman in my studio today is somebody I found so inspirational. He spoke and I literally felt at some points of his presentation I literally felt the hairs go up on the back of my neck because it was just so incredible the story that he had to tell. So without further ado please let me introduce to you my very special guest today and it is Patrick Derham OBE who is the headmaster of Westminster School. Welcome to the studios. Mimi, thank you very much, and uh, an extremely generous uh, introduction. Oh, I you, hope I don't disappoint. You were an amazing speaker, and, and when we talked subsequently to mm. the presentation, I was just bowled over by what you had to say about your life and how you got to be where you are. So tell us a little bit about your role at Westminster School. Uh, I'm headmaster of Westminster School, been there this is coming up to the end of my fifth year, and uh, it's an extraordinary privilege. I'm very conscious that I'm walking in the footsteps of history. I'm... And it's just an amazing thing, particularly in the current climate, to be uh, in a school that is right at the heart of political life. Um, Westminster Abbey is our school chapel, which is an extraordinary privilege. Amazing. Um, And uh, it's an amazing school in all sorts of ways. So um, for me, I still pinch myself, if I'm honest, given the journey I've made in my own life, that uh, I find myself as headmaster of arguably one of the top schools in the world. Absolutely. So you say that um, Westminster Abbey is your, your local chapel <laughs> how often do you get to use it we use it twice a week on a monday and a friday mm-hmm. and uh on one sunday each half of term with the queen scholars of the abbey we take part in a service on the sunday uh, and it's an extraordinary privilege because the abbey as we all know is right at the heart of life in this country uh, and uh, it's an extraordinary thing and on Wednesday mornings we have a unique Westminster tradition where we have our Latin prayers Uh, and we have that up school in the original teaching room from Elizabethan times up until Victorian times and we have our own version of Latin and the school it, it, you pinch yourself to hear it, literally the school chanting Latin back at you. It's a wonderful thing. It must sound absolutely amazing. A real privilege. Absolutely. And can the public come in while this is all going on, or is it closed off and exclusively for the use of the school? It's just for the school. We are uh, tight on space, it's fair to say, okay. um, being in the centre of London. So uh, we are constrained by space. So, no, it's, it's a school thing. And as with any school, safeguarding rules and other such of things course, prohibit of members of the public or anybody coming in. Of course. No, just double checking in case I happen to be passing one day. <laughs> no exceptions. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> Absolutely wonderful. Now you say you had an extraordinary journey to get to where you are today and you feel very privileged and you sometimes have to pinch yourself. Um, Surely you went to all the right schools, did all the right things in order to have a position like this? No, not at all. And uh, in many ways I'm a complete outsider to the world I inhabit. And it's actually quite interesting talking to you uh, now because I had an extraordinarily moving experience three weeks ago. I had the real honour of giving the address at the memorial service of my headmaster. And uh, this man changed my life. And it was an extraordinary moment of three years ago when I met him and his son. Uh, I'd been invited to give away the prizes at my old school, which is, again, quite humbling. And 
What was your old school? Pang, well, I'll come to that. Okay. We'll wait for it. Okay. And, and Peter Impatient. Boyd, the headmaster, um, <laughs> said to me that, um, you know, look, Patrick, we're probably not going to see each other again. Um, he was in his late 80s. And he said, I would love you to speak at my memorial service. And it was an extraordinarily emotional thing. And he said, no, you are one of a few boys in my time as headmaster who really had an impact on me. And so I was able to talk three weeks ago at the Falkland Islands Memorial Chapel at Pangbourne College. And again, and I, and I told the story of my journey. And you know, it is extraordinary in many ways. And, and there's some important lessons that one can get from it. I, I come from a quite a dysfunctional family. My father, sadly, was an alcoholic uh, and not an easy man. And uh, he was a, uh, he's Irish. I, my mother's Dutch. Um, so an, an unusual mixture. Mm-hmm. And, How did they meet? Uh, a long story, but they met uh, in Rotterdam, where my mother was living, where my father um, was on leave mm-hmm. from Germany. And uh, anyway, so uh, because of my father, he joined the army. He was an ordinary soldier. Um, but I had seven different schools before I was 12 years old. Gosh. Uh, so moved around a lot. And at the age of 12, I had to leave um, and go away to a boarding school. But the boarding school was run by the Shaftesbury Homes of Charity. So I lived on board a ship, the training ship Arethusa, which was run by the Shaftesbury Homes. And wow. it was moored uh, on the River Medway, uh, opposite Chatham Dockyards. And that was a floating school. And it was an extraordinary experience because we lived on board. We had everything on board, slept in hammocks. Good heavens. Uh, and there were about 70 of us. And it was astonishing. And we were principally being prepared to join the Navy at the age of 16, 17. And not that there's absolutely anything wrong with that. Um, But my life was turned upside down when, in October 1974, the captain superintendent said to me, Derham, have you heard of public school? Which the answer was no. Mm -hmm. And he said, tomorrow you're going to one. And somebody paid for me to go away to posh school, as my fellow shipmates said to me. And within two weeks, um, I spoke like this. So the point I said in this this address at the memorial service was that I arrived and met Peter Points in this vast drawing room in this astonishing school walked across this parade ground and his kindness his humanity and I was you know slightly bedraggled um, appallingly educated had done very few um, subjects to any sort of level and he gave me this opportunity and he, and he said things to me that morning which I've never ever forgotten and, I, and it was so good that I was able to tell him this and these are words that I use every year I've been ahead now for 23 years whenever I speak to new pupils at the beginning of the year I tell them about um, the importance of, of making the most of their opportunity, all the sort of things you'd expect a head to say. But the one thing that Peter said to me, two things that really struck a chord with me, he said, never be ashamed of where you've come from um, and always you know, never forget your roots. And the two most important words he said to me in October 1974 were, were very simple but brilliant, be yourself. And that is such an important message for all young people to have the confidence to be their own person, to stand up for what is right, to speak up, put their head above the proverbial parapet and speak up for what's important. And I went on in this address to say that, uh, astonishingly, I became head boy of the school. And given it was a school with a nautical tradition, that the year ended with a big parade. And Peter Points took me aside and said to me um, before the final parade, on Founders Day, he said, Patrick, remember, he said, you've benefited from a liberal and liberating education. He said, and with that comes a responsibility to give back. And he said... How wonderful. Uh, he's an amazing man. And he said something to me. He said, just remember the words of Martin Luther King. 
and he gave me this the six words which was so extraordinary i was so pleased that president obama tweeted them on martin luther king day this year and the six words are what are you doing for others and and i think that hearing those words um and it's been my motivation throughout my life really um and and i think that all of us you know yourself as well with what you've done that, that we've benefited from transformational education and opportunity and uh, you know, made something of our lives and I think with that comes a real responsibility to try and give back and improve the life chances of other young people and in a sense that that has been my story so I so, you know here I am sitting here you know um, last night I was speaking in the mansion house um, at, at a dinner what a difference I, no no but it's just but I mean I just about the opportunity and as I say yeah, and I'm headmaster of Westminster and and uh, without somebody like Peter points without the opportunity but actually yes. taking the opportunity yes and, uh, and and I think that's the important thing because quite often um, you know young people and all people of all ages you know can always looking to blame somebody else for hardship but actually there's always an opportunity if you if you if you look for it and actually hard work normally pays off and I think that that to me is the most important thing so I have no truck for things like public school arrogance mm -hmm. uh, at all and yep. the world doesn't know anybody a favor from the background they've come from and and I think it's really important that all young people who've gone through my schools understand that recognize that and and understand that service in the true sense of the word is really the most important thing did you ever find out who paid for your education I did um, and and uh, can I yeah. also ask why why was it you? What, could it have been any of the boys, or were I, you just really fortunate? Mimi, I, I don't know. I mean, I think um, I don't know is the answer to that. But, um, but how I'm, eter I'm eternally grateful for that opportunity. I did find out who uh, was responsible uh, because I got my file from the school, and um, it turned out that it's an extraordinary story, really, because it was uh, somebody who lived in New York, whose husband had been a boy on the Arethusa. Um, uh, and had been torpedoed in World War Two and, and died, and she had made lots of money and devoted her time in, in, in philanthropic ways. And so every now and again, she would support Ari Boys, and she was the principal person. And of course, I found that out um, sadly just after she died. Aww. But I console myself with the fact because the extraordinary thing about the ship I was on um, was that it closed down overnight; it ran out of money. And the Americans bought it, so right. it was towed across the Atlantic, and it was in South Street Seaport in Manhattan. And they, this is extraordinary. And, it, and they gave its name back, <laughs> reverted its name back to the Peking, which is what it had been before it became the Arethusa. It had been built at the Blomenvoss shipyard in Hamburg in the early uh, 20th century. And I'd spoken on it a number of times, one of the last, uh, or the youngest Ari boy, I suppose, as we were called. And so I spoke to lots of groups on board. And there was one time when I spoke when there was a group of New York um, women of a certain age. And, um, they, and, and I, can, I like to think that she was there. Um, and whether she knew it was me, I don't know. Um, but I'm you know, forever in debt to her. And that sort of generosity and you know, the, the sort of the difference that people can make yes. um, philanthropically is something that it, it, to me is an inspiration. And we see it in all sorts of walks of life, not just in education. Yes, indeed. But it's such an important thing. So, no, so and, and, and of course now, um, or sadly, the Americans have now run out of money. So the, the ship is now being given back to Hamburg where... It uh, was built, um, and it's going to have pride of place in the new Maritime Museum in Hamburg, and I look forward to visiting it 
hopefully next year. That's amazing. I mean, I've got literally, I've got the hairs on the back of my neck already and goosebumps. What a story. That's just such an incredible story. So literally you went from being on this ship, lots of other boys, no other adults in charge of you apart from some, some teaching staff during the day, um, to being plucked out of that and putting put into this wonderful school, having the fortune to meet this amazing headmaster mm. who shaped your life and absolutely and and set your course for the yeah. future. No, absolutely, and, and actually, it's a lovely thing because I did it um, on 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 Founders Day, the the, the the prize day, a few years ago, and I was able to say it again. And I ended the memorial address by saying that the, the, I just want to say on behalf of myself, but on behalf of all the Pangbornians who've benefited from his care. The words that teachers and headmasters very rarely hear, but just thank you. Mm. And so to say one final thank you, Peter, was an extraordinarily emotional moment for me and mm -hmm. very fitting. Um, and actually, you know, that's why teaching is such an extraordinary profession, because yes. you can just have such an impact on young people. And, um, and All the impact, actually. Yeah. It, it leaves a mark for life. Absolutely. And we all, you know, and, and there was that great advert a few years ago. You know, no one forgets a good teacher and that wonderful TV advert with the talking heads. And, and it's true. And, uh, and I think all of us, you know, no matter what sort of education we've had, can probably identify a teacher who was an important person. It must be the same for you. Absolutely. I remember Miss Amory. She was the one that shaped me. She was my um, English teacher when I was doing my A-levels. She was an absolute stickler for mm. um, doing your work, mm. working hard, getting it done, making sure you had, were prepared for every mm. single lecture. Mm. And uh, she used to make me read the Chaucerian English because I Very loved good. it. I absolutely yeah. loved it. And I prided myself in being able to read it. And that gave me a certain confidence as well. And I just wanted to work hard and win her approval because when she approved, you knew it was absolutely sincere, heartfelt. And because she was very strict mm. normally. But as soon as you did well, she just melted. Mm. She glowed and blossomed. And you wanted that from her. So you worked to get absolutely. that. No, and I think that it's interesting. And I... I agree with everything you said because actually it was the teachers that I had again in addition to the headmaster made me want to teach because they just opened my eyes and it's an extraordinary thing you know, my mum still lives in a council estate um, in Scotland um, and books were a complete refuge and escape and um, when I used to go back the odd times I would go home and I'd go to the public library in Hoyk and there's such important parts of our community libraries that I was able to go there and just read and lose myself in different worlds and open my eyes to things and it made you realize um, it's a little bit like music you know, it, 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 it sort of resonates with you and, and takes transports you um, into a different place and, and, and that's a wonderful thing but books are such an important part of my life and, and, I, and I again the teaching I had was you know, different, quirky, some maverick people, but quite inspiring. So I was quite clear in my own mind um, that, you know, I really, really wanted to teach. Mm -hmm. um, Which is amazing to have yeah. that vocation. Yeah. This is Wickham Sound. Welcome back. You're listening to Mimi Harker and this is Mimi Meets. And my very special guest today is Patrick Derham OBE, who is the headmaster of Westminster School. And I'm so delighted to have you in. Your story is just amazing. I mean, you've, you know, when we spoke um, in the first part of this, you constantly referred to giving back, giving back, giving back. And you do an awful lot of that. Um, you've got your own charities that you work with, haven't you? Absolutely. And um, it's, it's, 
it's sort of what gets me out of bed in the morning is you know, what Peter Point said to me, what, what Martin Luther King said. And actually, it's such a wonderful privilege to be in a position where one can do that. And for me, particularly, the thing that excites me is the whole thing around widening access to independent schools. And um, when I was at Solihull, um, on a very young head in 1996, I had this vision long before the partnership programs that now exist across all independent schools of running enrichment programs on a Saturday morning for uh, primary school children from across the borough. Um, and it was an interesting time because there was natural suspicion and hostility with a small H towards somebody from a private school, independent school. And I remember speaking to the primary school heads in Stratford, not too far from here, um, about it. And but it was fascinating that in the five years I was there, by the end, every single primary school in the borough um, were sending pupils, um, including from Chelmsley Wood. And of course, Solihull or Solihull has this extraordinary disparity between wealth and poverty that is such a feature of, of, of life in this country. And, uh, and I was so touched because they gave me a present primary school heads which was just so moving but we raised the money through local charity um, and industry and it was a, it was a wonderful wonderful thing and, and it really got me thinking about the ways in which those of us who are you know, in a fortunate position can make a difference and that whole thing of enrichment and, and raising aspirations and, and demonstrating to people that there is a better life is, is such a key thing so when I went to rugby in 2001 um, we had a, a proper strategic review and it was a fascinating discussion with the governors and we made a bold decision to reduce the value of scholarships and we were the first boarding school to do this now every school has followed right um so to make sure that money was being directed to those who needed it rather than paying money to Sure. Parents yeah. of, of pupils who were talented but actually didn't need the money. And that was, a, that was a game-changing moment. But actually, we also then decided to stop fundraising for capital projects and to focus all our fundri fundraising on bursaries. Mm -hmm. And rugby's an extraordinary school, like so many schools, because it had been founded by Lawrence Sheriff, who was the grocer to Queen Elizabeth I. Mm -hmm. And he left an estate um, which still gives income to rugby in London. Um, to pay for a foundationship scheme for local boys as they then were, but now boys and girls who live within rugby and Brownsover to come as day pupils free of charge. So I said, why don't we try and create the same thing for boarders who could come to the school free of charge? But with the key thing, again, slightly based on my own experience, mm -hmm. where there was a need for boarding. Um, and I was very conscious right from the outset that we shouldn't be cherry picking the very best from state schools because that is wrong. But for me, uh, as in my own case, you know, the constraints um, of my existence meant that I wasn't fulfilling my potential. But mm -hmm. actually boarding just liberated me and gave me the time beyond the school day. And so we set up the Arnold Foundation, which is named after the famous Dr. Arnold of rugby. Um, and directed all our fundraising to that. But I also knew that advertising doesn't work. The sort of people that we were trying to reach um, wouldn't respond mm -hmm. because these schools are you know, mystical Yes, mystical you wouldn't places. dream of applying to Absolutely. someone like that. Absolutely. And, and these are the early days of Harry Potter, so yes. the Hogwarts effect yeah. <laughs> hadn't quite happened. Or was in the process has of that happening. made a difference? I'm sure it has in, 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 in a funny sort of way. So we set about, and I, and I, so I set about trying to establish... 
um, relationships and partnerships with educational charities who are dealing with issues of social exclusion and underachievement on a daily basis. And um, rugby, like so many schools in the 19th century, uh, had an outreach in London. And the rugby clubs, as they were called, unlike most schools which were in the East End, interestingly, the rugby clubs were in Nottingdale, um, so W11. And I went to, to, to meet them and established the link which the school had. And they suggested there was this new charity two streets away in Serdar Road, um, based at the Clement James Centre. Uh, and this was a, a programme dealing with providing support for children. Uh, and from that discussions, and I was involved in a, an early symposium, set up into university this groundbreaking charity that I'm very proud um, to have been involved with for over 10 years mm -hmm. now. And this is a charity that started off in London, but we now have 30 centres, not just in London, but across the UK, mm -hmm. which is provide, it's a multi-layered support right at the heart of the community, in the most deprived communities in London and mm -hmm. in the country, uh, providing study support, um, working with primary schools, working with secondary schools, providing mm -hmm. support after, after lessons, mentoring, all the sort of things that middle-class parents do automatically that we provide. And it's been a fantastic thing. So what we did is we established links with that charity, into yes. University, yes. and with another amazing charity, um, Eastside Young Leaders Academy, set up by the brilliant Ray Lewis, which is in its early stages was working with black boys on the edge of gang culture principally. Um, and he was giving them a, a second opportunity. So those two charities we partnered with, and they would recommend boys and girls where there was a need for boarding who mm -hmm. would benefit from it. And mm -hmm. it's been a great success. And so from that beginning, we launched the Arnold Foundation in 2003, um, and uh, it's, it's been a startling success, and it's one of the things I'm proudest of because it was interesting over the years I was at rugby, in excess of 70 schools, independent schools, came to talk to us and to me about how do you do bursary programs um, effectively like this. So in the end, as a governing body, we said, well, let's see if we can roll this out as a national charity. Mm -hmm. So McKinsey very kindly did some pro bono work for us. And that led to the creation of Springboard, um, uh, which is a national charity independent of rugby um, that is a partnership, an alliance of independent and state boarding schools. And state boarding schools are a real gem um, in our educational system. And we work now with over um, seven, well over 70 schools, coming out to 100 mm -hmm, schools, mm -hmm. um, who are providing places for uh, underprivileged children sure. um, and, and giving them the start like I had. And again, well, that's an incredible thing. Yeah, and it's Springboard is, thing. is based on the same principles as the Arnold Foundation. And again, so, so, for, so in a sense, for me, and, and you know, the whole thing of change is such an exciting thing that if you have an idea, it doesn't matter in what line of work you're in, you can make things happen with perseverance, determination. And it's been, for me, I've been humbled. You know, meeting Rachel Carr, Hugh Raymond Pickard from Inter University, meeting Ray Lewis and Anne Collard from Eastside Young Leaders Academy, are moments that changed my life because I was just introduced to people who 
right at the grassroots are making such a fundamental yes. difference. So they've now become you know, friends you know, as well as colleagues. And, and, and they've had just such an impact on me. And I think that's the, the wonderful thing that you know, in our daily lives, our working lives and the things that we do, we encounter people like you must do all the time. Indeed. Who just have such an impact yes. on you and they're such an inspiration. That's why you're here. Well, I don't know, you're too kind. <laughs> but but I, and, I, and I think that, you know, an opportunity like this just gives me a chance to say thank you to them you know, for opening my eyes and, and, and for helping direct what I think is a groundbreaking transformational charity um, that is really making a difference mm-hmm. to the lives of, of young people. Mm-hmm. We had something else in common as well because um, you also have, is it a charity that you have in Calcutta? At rugby, there was an extraordinary old rugbyian called Tim Grandage who um, was a bank manager um, in HS- HSBC in, in, in Calcutta and um, he sort of a, a most amazing story ended up setting up a charity giving up being a bank manager and he set up a charity called Future Hope School and his only knowledge of, of school was um, his experience at rugby and um, but he had this astro- astonishing idea of, of, of a school but with a hub of orphanages essentially mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, around the school and around the city of Calcutta and we established a link um, a very good link when I was at rugby and I'd go out two or three times a year and work with the street children and work at Future Hope and my family would come quite often but we would send pupils out in gap years and staff as well and it became a wonderful sort of connection and again you know, Calcutta isn't called the city of joy uh, for no reason I mean the, the Bengali people are extraordinary and you go into well, thank s- you for that because yeah. I'm one of them <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's absolutely true and 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 and, and but going into the slums and and seeing these kids you know, who really do have nothing but to see in their eyes this determination recognition that education is transformational is quite humbling and you don't get the sense of entitlement that you sometimes encounter in this country um, and these and, and they recognize and they come out of the slum in the busties um, immaculate white shirts um, you know, never late for school. Yes, it's um, a pride, isn't it? It's a real pride absolutely. thing. Absolutely, and and they recognise. So it's been that's been a wonderful link, and we've continued the link now. I've gone to Westminster because we um, we send rowers particularly there, and um, they Future Hope School boys and girls are, are small, so they're lightweight rowers, but they're doing really really well, and it, and it's a wonderful thing to, for me that that link is continued that we can make a, you know, a difference. And the other thing, being at Westminster. Um, I discovered that Westminster Abbey has strong links with a wonderful charity called the Young Men's Welfare Society. Mm-hmm. And this, again, set up all these people who are just so inspirational. A wonderful man called Shurab Mukherjee, who, when he was a very, very young man, Mother Teresa said to him, uh, he, he came across her, and she inspired him to she work. She did me as well. Yeah, and to, to work with the poor um, and those who have nothing in Calcutta, he's devoted his whole life to Amazing. it. Amazing. And it's she just has that effect on absolute, people. Yeah, no, it's an extraordinary. And you go to the mother house now in Calcutta, and every time I go, um, I, I just like to go and sit and, 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 and with the sisters, and you just sit in quiet contemplation mm, and prayer. Mm. And, and, and you get the sense, you know, and, and of course, you know, all of us are flawed. Um, you know, Mother Teresa was a saint in some ways but of course does have her critics but there's no doubt at all that the good that she did um, and so this remarkable man Shurab Mukherjee um, runs this astonishing charity working both in the rural villages of West Bengal but as well as in the city and we send pupils from Westminster out there on Gap Year um, and, and also you know, staff have the opportunity to do so as well and in that way I mean, it just reminds us 
we're in an interconnected world. Yes. Um, and um, it, it, it's a privilege to uh, see and to work in a city, of course, that was once the capital of the of empire. Of course, absolutely. And the buildings in Calcutta absolutely. Are, are extraordinary. And you go you, you, to a place like Park well, Street Cemetery. Of course, I love it. Yeah, of course you do. Yeah. You know, I love it. It's my, it's my yeah. culture, my heritage, yeah. my roots. No, it's a wonderful city. And as I say, it's... Um, for me, it's it, it, it's a fantastic thing. So that connection um, for me is an important one mm-hmm. too. And again, anything that opens the eyes of young people in this country to the world that they are going into, which is a global world. And you know, I'm marginally older than you, Mimi, um, but the world that we grew up in was very different to the world that they're growing up in. Yes. And they're naturally outward-facing and global. Yes. Of course, they're competing in in, in a world where it's going to be much, much tougher. Yep. And uh, the skills and that they need to, to survive are, are 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 really really important. So for me, these, these wonderful things. So that whole charitable thing for me is is a wonderful privilege uh, and, and just a way for me uh, of giving back. This is Wickham Sound. My special guest is Patrick Derham, OBE, the headmaster of Westminster School. And you have shared some fantastic stories with us. Your childhood was something amazing. I mean, literally, you were plucked from nowhere and just given an opportunity and you have flown ever since. What an amazing story you have to tell. And you spend your whole life giving back with your charities and you do so much philanthropic work and you make the lives of so many people more meaningful. And for that, let me say on behalf of all those people, thank you so much. It is a wonderful thing that you do. Uh, so what next for Westminster School itself? Westminster is a wonderful place to live and work and a little bit like rugby um, was refounded um, in 1560 by Queen Elizabeth I with a very specific purpose to educate 40 um, poor scholars for the greater good of the state and to liberally instruct them in good books. And so for me, it it's a very simple thing in a sense to reconnect the school with its historic roots and we spent a couple of years discussing and in October last year um, we announced that we are aspiring to be truly needs blind and we're conscious this is going to take a considerable amount of time um, to do that but nonetheless if you don't um, have a dream, it, it's not going to work. And I remember on that evening quoting Carl Sandburg, the great American poet, Chicago poet, saying nothing happens unless first a dream. And our dream is, mm-hmm. in a sense, to return Westminster to its meritocratic roots. So we launched a, a new endowment campaign, Ben Johnson. Um, again, not a bad example of a bursary boy um, whose life was transformed by his opportunity at Westminster and one of our greatest playwrights. Um, and so that's that's the program that we've started, and and it's a wonderful thing. So it's going to take a long time, and I hope that in years ahead, um, when I'm looking down, hopefully from up on high, <laughs> um, that um, I will see that this will have happened. And yes. of course, I hope that October the 9th, 2018, will be seen as one of those turning points in Westminster School's history. But again, for me, it's a, something that resonated with the whole Westminster community, um, parents, um, staff, um, alumni and pupils and one of the most moving things for me was when we showed the video which you can see on the school website when we showed it to the pupils for the first time they spontaneously clapped wow and, and that was astonishing and their sense of pride and wanting to be involved yes. in this campaign was really uplifting so that's one thing and the other thing that's been one of the reasons why I came to Westminster in 2014 was that was when we started our partnership with the Harris Federation and created Harris Westminster sixth form which is a selective free school based on 
um, of Westminster School Education. And I have to say, it's been humbling to see the success of uh, Harris Westminster. So it's five years in. Um, as I say, it's, the, the attraction for me is that the key thing on the admissions criteria is that um, all things being equal um, in terms of their academic prowess, the priority is given to pupils who are on free school meals, pupil premium. So 40% of the school um, are within that category. And it's not the, the only outcome, but the fact that they got 38 Oxbridge offers this year wow. um, is astonishing. That's so we're impressive. So we're delighted um, with that. And that's a wonderful partnership. It's a two-minute walk away. They follow our timetable. Um, our heads of department work together. Pupils work together. We teach some of their pupils in, in, in the smaller A-level subjects, as we do girls from Greycoat um, School as well. And, and, and in that way, again, we're trying to spread um, what is an extraordinary education at Westminster um, as wide as possible. So it's two things, really. One is you know, replicating what we're doing in the state sector. Yes. It's a wonderful experiment, and it's a phenomenal success. And again, I'm humbled by the work of, 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 of the principal and the staff there, but also in terms of our aspiration um, with the bursary program um, to really make a difference, the diversity of the pupil body at Westminster. Is there any, very briefly, any stigma attached to any of the pupils because they come from different backgrounds? Not at all. I okay. mean, pupils are extraordinary. They just get on. Pupils yes. are pupils. Yes. Boys are boys, girls are girls. Um, and none at all. And if there is, they should be ashamed of themselves. Indeed. And on that incredibly positive note, what a fantastic project. What a fantastic thing you're doing. It's sadly the end of our hour. It has flown by. It certainly has. It has flown by, and there's so much more we could talk about. Will you come back another day? Love to. And we'll talk some more about some other aspects of your amazing life. Are you writing a book? No. No, no time. Definitely not. Definitely not. Definitely not. I think you should. It would be an inspirational book for so many people. Mm, let's wait and see. <laughs> I think you should. I would wholly endorse that. Patrick Derham, OBE, Headmaster of Westminster School. It's been such a joy and a pleasure to have you here in the studios today telling us a little bit about yourself, your background, your life, your aspirations and the wonderful projects that you are running as well as being the Headmaster of Westminster School. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your extremely busy schedule to come into Wickham Sound today. We really do appreciate it. A pleasure and really good to talk to you. Again, thank you so much for coming in today. It's been a pleasure and it's uh, there is so much more to talk about. You must come back again. You really must. Next time you have a big project running, come and talk to us about it. And of course, if you start doing outreach, come and talk to us about it as well. That would be lovely. We'd love to have you back. So thank you out there for listening as well. I hope you've enjoyed this week's show as much as I have. So you've been listening to Mimi Harker. This is Mimi Meets and you've been listening on Wickham Sound. You've been listening to a podcast from Wickham Sound. To find out more, head to wickhamsound.org. Dot org dot uk